This is HPR episode 2438 entitled GNU Orc, part 8, and is part of the series Learning Orc. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 21 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is more about loops. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Dave Morris and today I am continuing with the series called Learning Orc that I'm doing in conjunction with Be Easy. This one is episode 8. So I like to start with a bit of a recap of the previous episode and in that episode uh, Be Easy took us through the various sorts of loops, starting off with the while loop which tests a condition performs command while the test returns true. Then the do-while loop, which does its tests at the end and uh, repeats until while the, the test is true. There's a for loop, which is similar to the C format of, of uh, for loop. Initializes the variable, performs a test on it, and increments the variable. And uh, then uh, it, for each iteration, it performs command while that particular test is true. There's the other type of for loop which sets a variable to successive indices of an array and performs a collection of commands for each index. So these loops were demonstrated by examples in the last episode and there's a link in the notes to to this. And I've made long notes here which I'm uh, which is what I'm using as the uh, the content for this particular show. Unfortunately, as happens sometimes, a mistake crept into the notes for the last episode. In the example for do while, there was um, an infinite loop created. Be easy did mention that if you weren't careful, you could make an infinite loop, and uh, somehow or other that happened. I like to think he did that as a test of audience alertness. So, sure, you all spotted that. You're just too polite to say anything about it. I demonstrated what it looked like and what happens if you run it in the notes here. It just runs away forever. So uh, there's not much point in showing you an infinite loop. (laughs) The results of it, just a few samples. But the point is that there's a variable in it called i, which is set to 2 to start off with. Then there's a print which is executed and i is incremented. And so it starts at 2 and then moves to 3 and so forth. The test, i is not equal to 2, it was not going to be true. It starts off at 2, but by the time it gets to the test, it's uh, it's already 3. So it's never going to become 2. So it's uh, it's an infinite loop. I did point this out to Beezy and 
check that he was happy with me pointing this out and uh, yeah of course he was so let's go on and look at some more statements there's a few more loop related ones I'm going to talk about in this episode but I thought I'd start by looking at the switch statement which is not a loop but is it's um it's hard to know where to fit these sometimes I thought this one would fit here this one is only in the GNU version of ORC so some of the other versions that we've mentioned in the past don't have it and um, you you can disable it if you switch off GNU compatibility it's very similar to the, the, the statement the switch statement in C language which I guess is where it's uh, originated from but it wasn't in the original ORC and it consists of the word switch followed by an expression in parentheses then there are a series of statements which I don't know whether they have to be enclosed in braces but if there's more than one pretty much the rule is yes you have to have more than if, if there's going to be more than one statement you have to enclose them so I imagine that you always have to have the braces and inside the the list there's a inside the body of the statement if you like there's a series of lines which consist of the word case followed by a value and then the body of that particular case so effectively what it's saying is if the expression matches this value then do this stuff so it's like a sort of if then else type structure in fact it's if then else and then uh, if then else embedded in it or that type of thing but it's done in a more succinct way can have any number of these case elements and there's one there's an, a special one called default which is for the instance where none of the the cases match and uh, the default body is executed now the value after each case is either a numeric or string constant or it can be a regular expression now i haven't given any examples of regular expressions here but uh you can delve more deeply into the uh, GNU ORC user guide to, to find out more examples. The expression after the switch is any sort of complexity that you like, really, but um, it's it can just be a simple variable. It would not be a constant, obviously, and uh, it can be something uh, complicated like a numeric expression or something of that sort. Now, I've given an example here, which I've also included as a downloadable file as part of the, the show, which there's a, a complete org script which is designed to, to process the the file that we called file1.txt that we handed out in show 2129. I think, was that the first show? I can't remember which one it was actually now. Oh, no, second show. I wrote it down here. And that consisted of a series of lines containing... Uh, fruit and vegetables and stuff and uh, stuff about their colour and the number and so forth. It was a sort of inventory type thing. So I'm using that again just because it's convenient to do so. So the, the script starts off with the test NR in capitals greater than 1, which means if the record number that's being processed in the input file is greater than 1, then do the, do the, the rest of the rule. And the rule actually consists of a printf, which says 
I mean, we have covered this, but we need to look at printfs in a little more detail, which we'll do soon. But uh, it says the percent %s is classified as colon space, and then as the argument there, $1. is actually the name of the, the fruit or vegetable. So that's just part of a piece of text we're going to output. There's no new line on it, so it, it's, uh, it's written out and needs a new line before it makes any sense. Then comes the switch statement, and the switch uses $1, that fruit name again, and it consists of a bunch of cases. Now the first case is checking to see whether it's an apple, and what it's doing is it's classifying the fruits. This is me being a biologist again, and just uh, just because it's interesting, I think. I think it's interesting. You might disagree. But <laughs> it says an apple, and then it prints out the message a fruit, comma, pome, P-O-M-E. The classification of an apple, of course, is that it's a fruit, but its botanical classification is a thing called a pome, which you can look up and find out what that means. The print statement, remember it's a print, so it produces a new line on the end by default. So that if that's executed, it will end the line that's been composed partially. Then it's followed by the statement break, and what that does is it terminates the case branch within the switch and causes the switch to move on to well, the program, the script, to move on to the next thing after the switch. So it breaks out of the, of the switch statement totally. You can omit that, but if you do, then it will also, the, the switch will also execute all of the uh, statements that are part of all of the other cases till it hits a break. So that can be useful, but I'm not doing that in this particular case. So following, I'm not going to read the whole thing out, but just do one more example. In the the next case is banana, and then there's nothing after it apart from another case, grape, and another case follows that, kiwi. So there are three cases, case in quotes, banana, colon, and then grape, colon, and kiwi. And the result, the statement that's actually going to be produced is that it's a fruit. Bananas, grapes and kiwis are fruits. And they're all classified as berries in uh, the world of botany. So those three are all berries. And then we do another break there to get out of the switch because we've, we've finished with that particular input line. Of course, we're in a standard rule and the rule is iterating through every line of the file so you'll get a message a different message for each line as it's encountered but then that's pretty obvious you, you already know enough about walk to know that there is a default case which is never triggered in this particular example where it simply prints out in square brackets the word unclassified just to signal that don't know can't classify that particular thing so if you happen to stick another line on the end of the, the file, or indeed give it a different file, then uh, it's not going to be able to classify some. I have run this and captured the output, which is in the notes, and also downloadable if you if you really want to look at it. And there's an explanation in the notes which pretty much covers what I've just said. So moving on from switch to the, the break statement, well, we've just seen the break statement and seen something of what it does, but um, let's look at it more deeply. It's effectively for breaking out of a for loop, a while, or do while loop, and it also 
is usable within the switch statement as we, we've just seen. But outside of those, break has no effect. In a loop, you often use a break statement when it's not possible to, to work out how many iterations you, you're going to need beforehand. So it's a way of looping around and then eventually deciding, right, I've had enough, I want to stop for some reason or other, and uh, yeah, breaking out of that loop. It terminates the, the loop entirely. The loop doesn't run again. I've written down in the it terminates the enclosing loop because you might have a loop within a loop within a loop or whatever, and it just breaks out of the the loop that it's uh, found in that it's executed in. Now, I couldn't come up with the with a good example of using break in a loop, so I cheated, I guess, and went to the GNU or user guide and uh, have used the their example which is working out the smallest divisor of a number. Now what I've done is I've just simply copied that particular script into the, the notes here but I've added some comments to it to try and make it a little bit easier to, to understand. So it's a rule, it's a rule that operates on as many lines as it's, as it's given and it sets a variable num to the, the first field of the each line and then it executes a loop and it uses it sets up a variable called divisor and it sets it to two and it keeps repeating that loop uh, adding one to divisor and it does this infinitely it's one of these three element for loops so the middle one where it does a test is omitted which is perfectly legal and what that does is it makes an infinite loop where divisor is being incremented by one um, ad infinitum. And inside the loop, the first thing is a is an if statement, which checks to see whether the modulus of num divided by divisor, in other words, what's the remainder if you divide num by divisor? Is it zero? And if it is zero, then it's completely divisible by whatever divisor is, and it will report that. And then you see a break which stops the loop. So um, there's a couple of examples I'll come on to in a second. So if that test doesn't trigger, then the second test is tried, which is if you multiply divisor by itself, is it greater than num? So is, in other words, has divisor now got too large? And meaning that the number has no divisors. We can't find anything that, that it... Uh, divides by. If that's the case, then it's a prime number, which that's the definition of a prime number. So we print print out the number is prime and break, and that stops the the loop um, under those circumstances. So it will keep iterating around till it finds the the uh, smallest divisor. So what I did was I ran it, echoing a number to it. So I echoed sixty seven through a pipe to dot slash divisor dot awk is the name of the, the file which is downloadable if you wish and it comes back and says 67 is prime 67 is a prime number so it's the 19th prime i just happen to know that then i gave it 69 and that's not a prime number and it it finds that it's divisible by three that's the smallest number so it tries it tries two it's not divisible by two and it tries three yes it is you can divide divide into it with no remainder so that's it it's pretty simple Quite elegant, actually, I thought. 
I couldn't come up with anything cleverer than that. Next statement... Well, I shouldn't say that, because there is a statement called next. We will look at the continue statement now, and it's similar to break in that it's used in a for-while or do-while loop, but you don't use it in a switch statement. I think it will it will be rejected. I think it will be, either be ignored. Yeah, probably ignored, but I'm not sure whether it will be uh, produce a syntax error. Anyway... What it does is it skips the rest of the enclosing loop and begins the next cycle. So, again, I've stolen an example from the GNU Orc user guide, and I've called it continue underscore example dot orc. What this one does is it simply prints the numbers 0 to 20 and emits 5. Very trivial. but uh, So it's all, it's all part of a begin rule. It's not reading any data, so it's just running in the begin rule. And it's a, it's a for loop with the three component parts to it. We set x to 0. We check to see if x is less than or equal to 20, because we're going from 0 to 20, and we, we increment x for each iteration. And then there's a test that says if x is equal to 5, then we do continue. So when x becomes 5, we simply obey the continue, which causes it to just drop out of the loop and go on to the to the 6. And if it's not 5, then print out the uh, the number. So the result of running that is simply to, to print the, the numbers uh, 0 to 20, but without a 5 in it. One more of these changing of execution sequence type statements called next. Now this is not a loop statement it's not used in loops except that um well, it's not like break and continue anyway but given that orc itself is a loop it, it, every, the rules that you give it are are executed um on each line that uh, that's fed to it then it is a sort of loop breaking out type statement so what next does is it causes orc to stop processing the current input record and go on to the next one. So I made an example this time, which consists of a script with uh, three, well, four rules if you count the last, if you count the end rule. And what it does is it's using the the file one txt file that we we like so much, the one with all the fruit stuff in it. And the first rule is nr equals one. So if we're on record one, which which is a header, if you remember, it will it invokes the next a next statement, which means if it's if it's one, if it's uh, record one, just skip it, ignore it completely. Then the next rule consists of length. Length is a function, and then in parentheses dollar two less than six. So if the length of field two, which is the color of the the fruit or vegetable, if it's less than six characters long, then we we trigger this particular rule. And what we do is we write to an array, which is called skip, and we write $0 to it, which is the whole record that we've just read. The index of skip, since it's an array, is nr, which is the record number. And then we invoke next, so what that rule does is if it finds a row that's been read in, a record that's been read in with less than six characters in field two, then it will save it in this array and ignore it otherwise. The third rule is simply in braces print. 
So if it's not record one and it's not it's not got this short color name, then print it. The final rule is an end rule and it consists of a printf which simply puts out the string skipped with some new lines at the front and end of it and then it it contains a loop which iterates over the array skip printing out each element and the index of it so we'll put out the record number followed by the contents of the of the array it uses the print command to, to do this the print statement so I put an example of running it. Well, there is only one example because there's the one file that we we like to use, and that's included in the uh, both both this example and the output are available for download if you want to. So you'll see that it's uh, it's printed out banana, grape, plum, pineapple because the the name the color name for each one is longer than greater than or equal to six characters, but it's skipped apple, strawberry, etc., etc. There's two apples, in fact, and uh, and it it so it skipped record two, which is apple red four, and record four, which is strawberry red three, etc. Because the uh, the color names are too short. I mean, it's I can't imagine why you'd ever want to do this, but it, you know, it just shows ways in which this type of thing can be can be done. So I think it's time to wind up. With this particular one, uh, I think we've, we've covered enough in this particular episode. So, as usual, there's a whole bunch of files you can download if you want to. You can get the EPUB version of these notes if you wish, or the PDF version of them. And, uh, as I said, all these example scripts, etc., that you can play with uh, as the mood takes you. Okay, that's it then. Bye now. <laughs>